0: Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, Suddenly, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud, a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Amazing God of dazzling beauty and majesty, and Jesus, your beloved Son, we get a glimpse of the image of your glory. Teach us to listen to him so that we may hear your voice and follow your holy way through Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Amen. This morning, we have the opportunity to hear a conversation between God and the disciples, and it took place on a mountain. There are a lot of emotions wrapped up into this story. For as you heard, the story began with an invitation from Jesus to three of his disciples to go with him to pray. There's nothing unusual about that. However, no sooner do they arrive than they saw Jesus shining brighter than any light they have ever seen Moses and Elijah show up and Jesus talks with them now things are beginning to get weird mr know-it-all or so he thinks peter was so enthralled with the occurrence he offered to build monuments for jesus moses and elijah Personally, I am amused that God interrupted Peter because you see, I can relate to that. Then things get a little more weird when a cloud descended and they heard a voice This is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Oh, my God, that was God's voice. They were so afraid, they face-planted on the ground. Even though Scripture does not allude to the timing, things did settle down. Jesus came to them, touched them. And Peter, James, and John are given their first opportunity to follow the instructions that they had heard directly from God. Listen to him. Get up, Jesus tells them, do not be afraid. They listened, and when they did get up, There was no cloud, no voice, no extra men on the mountain. Jesus was no longer glowing. And as they descended the mountain, Jesus added the caveat that often makes us wonder. Tell no one what you've seen until after I have been raised from the dead. There is an expression, surprised illumination, that perfectly describes this occurrence. For you see, surprised illumination is when some ordinary act, circumstance, conversation, or in this case, a person is suddenly revealed in a completely new light. Sometimes things are only understood in retrospect. Jesus had already begun to tell his disciples that he would suffer and die. They had heard these words from Jesus' mouth, but it was too hard for them to believe And then he said it again as they were coming down the mountain. And still, it was too much to comprehend. What God revealed to the disciples in those moments of his transformation was that Jesus was greater than the law and the prophets and that Jesus was beginning was the beginning of the new covenant of grace that brings salvation to humanity and that brings glory to God. It has been said that the transfiguration event was probably the most definitive revelation of Jesus as divine next to the resurrection itself and It is a preview of the future when the Son of Man will come in glory to consummate his kingdom. But this future kingdom can only come through his death and resurrection, which is why Jesus warns the three disciples to tell no one what they have seen until after he is raised from the dead. It is impossible for us to know what that event was really like for the disciples. They had no idea what was going to happen that day when they woke up. Jesus' transfiguration was the moment in time when God revealed Jesus' divinity to three of his closest friends, and Jesus also revealed the glory of God. Both of those things were manifested in Jesus' appearance, substantiated by the presence of Moses and Elijah, who represented the law and the prophets and it was affirmed by the voice of God. Though they do not realize it yet, Peter, James, and John have been given a glimpse of God's light and the assurance of God's presence in the turmoil that is to come as Jesus makes his way to the cross. For us, the story of Jesus' transfiguration invites us to live in the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There's extra credit for you this week when you find that passage in your Bible. What is important for us to remember is that our faith is built on the foundation that Jesus wasn't just a prophet or someone who did an extraordinary amount of teaching, preaching, and healing, but Jesus, fully human, fully divine, and inexplicably Is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. What better way to go into the Lenten season making the journey toward Jerusalem with Jesus, holding on to that truth while remembering his suffering to the point of death was not in vain, but through him and his resurrection? we have the promise of seeing him one day and the hope of the same immortal glory as Jesus. John writes in 1 John 3, verse 2, he tells us, we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. It is this promise that grounds our hope in Christ. Theologian and Anglican bishop N.T. Wright says that the sight of Jesus will be the final act of grace that will transform us into his likeness. We are all born with a capacity for imagination. When we are children, as part of our normal developmental processes, our minds often take us to a fantasy-like world. As our higher reasoning capacities mature, we progress to a more realistic view of the world. Some people stop using their imagination. Others make use of their imaginations in constructive ways. Sometimes I imagine coming face to face with Jesus. I think about what it will be like to look into his eyes. And I think about what it will be like when he looks into mine. And I wonder, what will my response be? Will I face plant like the disciples in fear? Will I say something foolish like Peter? Gosh, I hope not. This morning, As we sing our closing hymn, pay attention to the words that you sing. Imagine yourself in the presence of the divine Jesus. See him in your mind's eye. Worship him, praise him and thank him, even though none of us can fully comprehend all that this means for us today. Again, from the voice of N.T. Wright, I offer you his blessing. May God give you grace in the present to know Jesus, So that when you see him, it will be a glad moment of transformation, a transformation of love. Let us pray. Radiant Jesus, it is hard to imagine our future especially this future when our work on earth is done and we see you face to face. There is so much that we need to do, so much that we want to do, that we don't make room in our lives to know you as you are. Deepest mystery of grace In your presence, help us to see your face of holiness and remember your promises to us. Overshadow us with your power and grace so that we listen to you and live, love, and serve others as you have called us to do. This is our prayer. Until we see you face to face. Amen.